so often you hear people say, you know, time heals all wounds. Uh, I think that's absolute bull. I really do. I think it's, it, it doesn't, you gotta do work. You're listening to The Signal Man with your host, Josh Urban. Josh Urban. Josh Urban. Welcome to The Signal Man Show, ladies and gents. Got a great interview for you today, literally with a boy born and raised in South Detroit. Any Journey fans? Nobody? Nobody? Huh, tough crowd. It's a chat with a guy named Philip Andrew. I'm surprised his name isn't Philip Urban because he sure seems like a West Coast brother. He joined the show via Skype a few days ago, and honestly, when I got on the chat, I was dragging. It was a quarter till 11 at night, I'd been to the gym, worked all day, was beat. But by the end of the call, over an hour later, thanks to Philip, I was motivated, inspired, and enthused about life. I think you will be too. Listen in as he shares his story about motivation recovery, losing a parent, reinvention of self, and some classic California cool. It's with pride that I introduce to you, Mr. Philip Andrew. Welcome to the show. Great to have you here via Skype from Los Angeles. Is it sunny out there? Uh, it is 7.55 at night, and it is always sunny in Southern California. There you go. Uh, no, it's, it is dark, but it was a nice day today. My parents hate it. I'm originally from Detroit, oh. so I always I always call my family back home, and, I, and especially when it snows, especially when I know that they got like 10 inches of snow, and I'll always ask them, like, oh, so how's the weather, guys? No, knowing damn well that it's 75 <laughs> and sunny out here. Um, but, you know, hey, I'll just want to say, man, to start off, man, thank you so much for having me on. And Absolutely. I appreciate you letting me come in, and, and I'm excited to kind of just talk about whatever you want. You know, just real quick for any of your viewers, if you guys, uh, you know, want to see what I look like, the man behind the face. You guys can hit me up on like at Philip Andrew LA on any of the social media platforms. There you go. I'm done nice. plugging myself. Nice. Let's well, get no, into this damn thing. no, yeah. Well, no, we want to. We want to know, you know, the the man behind the voice and all these things. And and uh, well, you know, it was. I feel like I'm talking to my West Coast brother here. You know, I really do. I don't have a brother on the West Coast. I have two on the East Coast here. But so, so Philip, for you know, for the the listeners listening in, so what what do you do? I know you do a lot of things. Fill us in on some of the things that you do. Fill us in. Sure. Pardon the pun. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. I'll, you know, it was funny. There was a moment. Uh, so one of the the very random things I do is I, I DJ. And there was a moment when I was joking around that I was going to be DJ Phil in the blank. Ah, uh, yes. Because I couldn't. I couldn't come up with any of these names. I didn't know what I wanted to be. And I was like, ah, man, what could I be? I, I need to just fill in the blank. I was like, oh, oh man, that's amazing. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then I was like, nobody wants to hang out with DJ Phil in the blank. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, so for me, uh, yeah, hello to all, all your listeners. Uh, and thank you for having me on. My name is Philip Andrew. And uh, as he mentioned, I'm, I'm out here in Los Angeles. And I'm actually a, a television producer. And, um, but I also, I, I've been asked to come and speak at, you know, around the country for, um, you know, high school and students and, you know, do all the kind of high energy entertainment and, and, you know, storytelling and all that different type of stuff with a little bit of a message. And, uh, so that's kind of what I do. You know, I've had a really interesting past, you know, I guess I was kind of always one of those guys that was way too much energy for the, for my parents, way too much energy for the. Uh, you know, the school. And, and so I was always into something. So I started DJing when I was, you know, 17 years old. Nice. Um, and then, you know, I moved out to California, became a TV producer. And, uh, you know, I do the speaking and, and I, I do media coaching, which is basically kind of helping people get a little bit better in front of the camera on things. But the main, the main nine to five 
is television producer for primarily reality TV and uh, digital content, uh, you know, Netflix style stuff like that. So uh, it's a fun game. It is a fun game. This is it's awesome. good times out here in Los Angeles. This is awesome. And you said you're originally from Detroit, right? Yeah, so I was I was born and raised uh, about ten minutes from downtown Detroit in a uh, in a neighborhood known as Down River. Uh, shout out to anyone from Down River, you know what's going on. Uh, basically, anything south of Detroit along the Detroit River was known as Down River. And um, Makes sense. so yeah, I grew up grew up in Metro Detroit, and uh, you know the son of a son of a cop and uh, all of the fun that came came with that. And, wow, uh, man. Yeah, and then kind of grew up, you know, went to high school and uh, you know Melvin L High School. Shout out to Cardinals. And, uh, and then went on to Michigan State University after high school, got to Michigan State, was there for, you know, did my time and uh, got my degree. And then about a year and a half after that, uh, made the move out to California. And it's, I feel like it was, I was the very stereotypical kid that always grew up loving, loving entertainment, anything California, uh, the right. beach, the sand, the, you know, the blonde hair, right? Like any yeah, stereotype. You know, and it was, uh, I always joke that I wanted to be an extra in Clueless. Like, I grew up my nice. and all I wanted to be was in Clueless, man. Like, I wanted to live that lifestyle. And um, so, yeah, so I moved out to California, and it's just been, uh, it's been such an amazing experience out here. And, you know, I, I love, I love Detroit with all my heart. It's, uh, you know, I, I'll never lose, you know, the lessons that I learned there and growing up and you know, the work ethic and, and the way that people treat each other. And, you know, I love Detroit, um, but I hate, 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 hate the weather. So Southern California is where I will probably be staying for quite some time. Nice, nice. Well, no, you know, I think you're, you're very humble in saying that, you know, you learned a lot of good lessons there. And we were talking a little bit before the show, and it sounds like you've had quite a journey and, to, and you're quite a positive guy, which is a testament to your spirit. Would you mind sharing a little bit about your journey? Yeah, sure, man. I think, um, you know, I talk about it a lot, you know, obviously my, my dad being, uh, you know, my dad kind of being a police officer and, you know, my, my mother was involved in school board and, and kind of was doing that thing. So my, in the community, like my lap, people kind of knew my last name a little bit. And as a little kid, I think it really started to, um, I, I put too much importance on that. Like I thought that I was this uh, everything I did was being watched or, you know, and it wasn't, it totally wasn't, it wasn't that type of environment at all. But in my head, as this little kid, six, seven, eight, nine years old, you start to develop this idea that, you know, what you're doing is, is somehow such a reflection on your family. Um, so everything became really heightened and really important, right? Like I needed to get good grades. I needed to be good in sports. I needed to, to win this competition or I needed to win the science fair experiment, damn it. You know, like I was this crazy little kind of, you know, overachiever kid that was really, you know, developing these kind of annoying uh, perfectionism uh, qualities. And, and then I also, you know, I, I hung out with a lot of older kids. So part of it for me was always trying to like fit in. Am I cool enough to hang with the older guys? Am I smart enough? Am I clever enough? Am I all those things, right? That you go right. through. Um, even one time, I, my, my dad always tells this story because he was so angry. Like I, like a bunch of the older kids on the block, can, there was a kid on the street that they didn't like. Sorry, Danny, but they didn't like Danny from up the street, and they convinced little little Phil to, to take a baseball bat to this kid's bike. Oh my goodness. And I, and I did it with a smile on my face. Cause I thought like, Oh, I'm hanging with the cool kids. No, right. like, you know, like I was that kid, I was very, you know, very impressionable. And I just, I wanted to fit in. Mm. And 
you know, I think that that started to kind of develop. And then, you know, for me, hanging out with an older crowd, it was one of those things that as they kind of started to get into, you know, drinking and, and getting in, you know, partying and doing different things, when they were getting into it at, you know, 14, 15, 16, now I'm getting into it at like 10, 11, 12. Really? So it was just kind of a recipe, you know, uh, for disaster mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. And um, so, you know, I drank a little bit and kind of, you know, drinking kind of became a little bit of a moment where I stopped thinking about anything, right? I was just kind of drinking and it was like, oh, I'm not, I don't, I'm not caring about my last name right now. I don't care about, you know, just a lot of the anxiety kind of washed away when I drank because I was, I was a little kid. I didn't really have the, I didn't have any of the, the coping, the coping mechanism and coping skills to be able to handle that anxiety, right? Right. And then. And then for me, it was kind of that had kind of working against me for a little bit, uh, got to high school. And then the unfortunate thing was my mother actually was diagnosed with cancer when I was 14. Oh, man. Uh, she had a she had a bad, uh, bad battle with uh, with with cancer uh, about nine or 11 months after we found out she actually passed away oh, right man. before my 15th birthday. So oh, you take some of these these a kid that's kind of got a little some anxiety things. And then you add kind of, you know, a death of a parent on it. Wow. And it was just, it was really, you know, for me, it was a really difficult time. But the way that I cope was to act like everything was fine. Mm. Like, I'm okay. Like, I'm, I got it. Yeah, people die. It sucks. Whatever. It happens. Get over it. Blah, blah, blah. You know, very, right. very just try to be matter of fact. Like, be tough. You know, like, or oh, it sucks. Yeah. You broke your arm. Okay. Rub some dirt in it. You know, like that whole right. thing. Right. I grew that grew up kind of with that mentality uh, and kind of was raised in, you know, in an environment that was a little bit like that. And, um, and so I think that that was kind of something for me where, you know, I've, I've mentioned to people before, I felt that gap, that gap between who I felt I was and who you thought I was, that gap just kind of kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Cause I'm still, still performing well in school. I'm still showing up and doing well in, uh, you know, in sports and, you know, I'm, I'm hanging out with a lot of, you know, we had the cooler kids, whatever, like not to something like a clown, but whatever, you know, yeah. we were well known. We had sure. popular kids, whatever. We were athletes. And, um, someone's gonna, someone's gonna listen to that and be like, Phil, you sound like such a douche, bro. Uh, but, <laughs> but, but no, I mean, you're, you're telling it as it is. So it's all good. Yeah. I mean, and so that was kind of the thing was like, it was almost as if, you know, after a while time, you know, Time happens, you know, and, and I'm a, so often you hear people say, you know, time heals all wounds. Uh, I think that's absolute bull. Mm-hmm. I really do. I think it's, it, it, it doesn't, you got to do work. You know, you've got to properly grieve. You got to properly talk about it. You got to share about it. It doesn't just go away. At least that was my experience, you know, but I had always been told that like, oh, it'll get better with time. And the only thing that got better with time was the fact that it, I became the only one that was paying attention. Not, you know, like it was just, you know, people go on living their lives. Right. So it became this thing oh, where I have this unresolved, I have this unresolved angst and anger and really just sadness. I was just a really deep down. I was a really sad, broken kid, man. Like my mom is gone. I don't understand it. I'm trying to figure that whole thing out. Um, and then I still had some of these anxieties of like, you know, perfectionism and this stuff. And, and I was just kind of a mess underneath, but I was, I had learned how to play the game enough to give this persona that like everything is cool. And I think that that was really, um, the, as I mentioned, like the bigger that gap got between who I thought I, or who, how I really felt and what you thought I was, 
I just felt more and more and more lost. And so it kind of, you know, it ended up being a lot of different things for me, man. I was, you know, got into some trouble. I was, you know, I had a, had a, you know, had a drinking driving accident when I was 18. Um, I I had a couple of, you know, when I was through college, I had a couple of minor possession alcohol. So it was, you know, 19, I got in trouble, 20, I got in trouble. And, um, I ended up getting ready to, you know, I graduate college and I, you know, finished college in three and a half years. Wow. So it was totally that thing of like, like trying to hide this deep rooted thing with like work, you know, being a workaholic or being addicted to school or trying to do all these things. And, um, and then before I know it, you know, 11 days, man, 11 days away from the dream of moving to California. And I'm so excited. I'm getting ready. My buddies call me up. Hey man, let's go get a drink. Let's watch Michigan, Michigan State basketball game. Mm. It was February and I'm pumped. Cool, man. I'll show up and have one beer. One beer turns to two, two turns to three. Before I know it, we're out partying the whole night. And uh, I'm about two blocks away from my house to get home, 2.30 in the morning, and boom, red and blue lights behind me. Oh. And and I got pulled over in, in the neighborhood that I had grown up in, in the neighborhood where my father was a retired police chief, from the only from the only police officer who was the newest on the force who did not recognize the last name. No way. And he didn't, and he didn't, he was the only cop that didn't know who I was. And, wow. and I got the DUI, and I'll tell you what, man, like, I mean, that was the last, you know, January 28th of 2008, uh, you know, that was the last day that I ever drank, and it's been over 10 years now. Congrats. And, um, but I'll tell you what, like, that day was, you know, when it happens, you think your life is over, right? And you're like, oh my God, now I can't, you know, I remember having to, I remember leaving the police department and I'm, I'm walking, oh, oh man, am I terrified to go home, right? Like my dad is there, like they called my dad and my dad is there seeing me in the back of the cop car and all this stuff. And I remember just uh, walking around, I'm walking around town and I'm terrified to go home, you know, because I don't know what, what I don't, you know, I think it's all over. I remember calling one of my, my good buddies who now I'm going to be a best man in his wedding oh, coming wow. up later on this year. And, um, but yeah, I remember calling him and he was supposed to do the road trip with me. And I remember calling him and just being like, Hey, Hey, you know, my total normal thing of like laughing, Hey buddy, you're never going to believe what happened last night. Um, so after we left the club, like, uh, you know, I was driving home and, and, uh, you know, man, and I, uh, dude, I, I got it. I got a DUI last night, dude. And, like, I can't, I can't go like, we're not going to California. And it was like, I lost it, you know? And it was like, and I just lost it. I cried and cried and cried on the phone. And I can only imagine what it was like for him, right? Like wow. he's waking up on like a Monday morning and his buddy calls him at like eight in the morning and, and, and confessing wow. this thing. I'm sure it was crazy for him. Um, wow. But yeah, man, like that was, that was the story, man. And there, and, and I, I'm so grateful. I'm so, you know, I had, a, I had the opportunity. The cool thing was, that cop actually worked out at my gym. So I would see him from time to time. And I think I could always tell, you know, like cops are like, you know, I, I grew up with cops. Like I don't have any issues with cops. And I know that there's a lot of craziness in the climate of that, but I've just never, my experience has always been positive. And, um, and I remember he kind of like would look at me at the gym and I could tell he kind of felt you know, it's gotta be awkward as hell for him. Yeah. Right? Like, no kidding. He's like, Oh, this you know, is the guy. I busted. Right? He's like, He's just trying to, you know, he's just trying to get a bench press on. He's trying to get a pump, dude. Right, right. You know, he's he's just hitting some pre-workout and trying to, you know, do some, you know, yeah. shoulder shrug. Right. And I'm in there with my tank top, like the the douchey that, you know, the douchey kid that he had to give a DUI to. And um, 
But you know, I was happy because I had a year at my after my year of the you know the anniversary, I went to him at the police state police department, and you know I thanked him and just you know appreciated with him just doing his job and helping me out because that moment changed the whole trajectory of my life wow. in such a positive and meaningful way, and um, it was great, man. I'm gonna stop because I I know I've just talked so long. No, this, I hope you're no, listening no, gently about no, this, hang out with us. <laughs> this is so this is so important, Philip, because um, to 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 take something that that really was a uh, unpleasant thing to go through, I'm sure, um, and to yeah, to think and 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 to make it such a positive. So so that that's something that that especially interests me. And and so was it you were mentioning you lost it on the phone? Was that like was I mean I know this is a personal question, but it was like that a moment where you're like, okay, I can't pretend anymore. And, and you're like, you you got to like face face your demons and stuff like that. Is, is that what you're mentioning there? Oh, dude, totally. And, yeah. I, you know, and it's funny because I, I, there was almost a weird feeling of relief mm. because I was like, because I knew, I, I really did. I honestly knew that there was something wrong. I knew that I mm. wasn't drinking for the same reasons that my friends were drinking. I knew that I was trying to mask stuff i didn't know I, I wasn't thinking like oh my god i'm dealing with this thing with my mom and this anxiety like that took years to figure out right like why i was doing it. but but there was that moment of like yes like yeah. i can finally right. i go and get help and i can blame it on other like i always joke i joke around with people and you know i'm like you know oh yeah well, the state of michigan told me how to stop drinking like I, you know i blame it on the courts or whatever but the truth was like I needed it, and I really needed to get some help to deal with the stuff I, you know, had my unresolved issues. And for me, being able to like go to AA and being able to get into that that level of recovery and that type of a program, man, it really was amazing for me. And it was what I needed, and it was something that I 100% did not have the strength to do on my own as a 22 year old mm -hmm. kid. So when I got that DUI, you know, and I was able to tell my friends like, oh, yeah, man, I'm going to I'm going to AA meetings, bro, because uh, it's going to look good to the courts or blah, oh, right. yeah, I got court ordered, blah, blah, blah. Right. But like on the inside, I was like, man, I'm so glad I can go to an AA meeting. You know, I did the full like right. nine, 90 meetings, 90 days. Wow. You know, like I was going two meetings a day. Like awesome. it was because it was one of those. It was the first time. And like and, and let me I just want to say this. Like my family has always been extremely supportive and I feel very blessed that I have the family I do. They've always been there for me. They've always supported me. So I don't want to make it seem like they, I didn't grow up with a supportive support system. I totally did. But there was something different about being able to walk into a room of absolute strangers, be able to share deep, deep feelings and, and emotions to them and to look in their faces and see zero judgment and one hundred percent love and acceptance, That's and, awesome. and that was like, I didn't have to worry if they judged me. I didn't. I didn't even know these people. They were strangers, and it was like the amount of people that took time to care for me and for them to love me and for them to share advice. I mean, like, I felt so lucky. I've even I've joked with my dad. I think he said to me one time because I was I would talk about how much I was getting out of it, the meetings and how much I appreciated it. And he was kind of like, damn, dude, like, 
I don't have that. Like, I don't, like, was like, I don't know a place I can go and like yeah. talk with people. And it's like, and I, I'm, I mean, I always tell people what, whether it's if you got an issue with drinking or, you know, I talk, I talk, you know, working in a lot of different areas, people that struggle with, you know, love addiction, codependency, sexual addiction, um, you know, their you know, eating disorders, you know, video game addiction, whatever you want to call it, right? However, however it, it shakes out for you, I'm always a huge advocate of group, of group settings, yeah. of being able to go into a group of people that identify with the same type of issue that you do and just being able to say like, yo, hey guys, this is my name, I'm this thing, right. I'm nuts, and I need, and I'm gonna tell you about it, and then for them at the end to be like, hey man, thank you for sharing, we love you, and just be like, damn, it yeah. was, you know, it's amazing. So I, I can't, I, you know, I know some people have had bad experiences, you know, I can only speak to my experiences, but I've, I, I owe a lot I owe a lot of the of the joy and the happiness and the peace that I feel in my life um, to you know to recovery programs like AA and CR. Uh, yeah, I love them. Wow. Well, this is this is incredible. And question for you. So, okay, let's say let's say we have somebody listening in who's setting up a metaphor here. So let's say when you when you when your life came crashing down in your head, you were maxed out. You're at a hundred percent. Couldn't anymore. Right. What if somebody is at 75 or 80% can't and they would like to do something about it, but they're not quite sure. You know, the, the, the state of Michigan hasn't intervened yet. So what, what would you suggest to somebody like that listening in who might be struggling? It, you know, they can go on, but like they would rather like, you know, do something, but they, they're not quite sure, um, you know, what to do. Any, any thoughts on the people who are at the 75% mark right now? Totally, man. That's that's such a great question, right? Like that, because so many people hear, and I think it's people hear this rock bottom, right? They're right. Like, oh man, like I I don't think I'm at rock bottom or whatever, and you know, and even I experienced, you know, I was 22, man. You know, like that was, you know, I, I think I read every single pamphlet about am I too young to be sober, right? Like I was oh, wow. I was trying to find a loophole, and the truth of it was, I talked with so many people who. You know, they would talk with me and it was kind of like, they were like, they'd look at me and they'd like, bro, and they would say like, you know, do you know how lucky you are? Mm. You know, that you're here now, like you didn't have to, you didn't waste 30 years on a bar stool or you didn't, you know, like you didn't have worse things happen. And there were two things when I first got to the program that saved me, um, you know, two things that were great pieces of advice that stuck with me for my whole life, man. And one of them was, you know, learn to relate, don't compare. Do not compare yourself to people, don't compare your story to other people's story, just try to relate. Nice. And because I could have easily compared myself out of the room and been like, whoa, like, I'm, you know, like, you know, like, I'm maybe I'm not that bad, right? right. Or, or you hear someone else's story that, you know, oh man, well, cocaine is next level, heroin is next level, I was only alcoholic, maybe this isn't a big issue for me, you know, blah, 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 blah. And, but it was that idea of like, no, don't compare yourself and try to find the differences, relate to them and try to find the similarities. Mm -hmm. And when I started to hear 65 year olds, 75 year olds expressing emotions that I was feeling, you know, anxiety I was feeling, I was like, whoa, wait a minute, this is, I'm, I'm, there's something here. Mm -hmm. So number one thing was like relate and not to compare. Or, awesome. Yeah. And, awesome. and second thing was the power of yet. And it was like, you know, I haven't ruined a marriage yet. Right. 
My kids don't hate me. Yet. I don't have a second DUI. Yet. And it was that understanding that all of those things, if I had stuck with that path, could have been in my future. You know, and it was like, just because I haven't experienced some of these really bad things that other people did, you know, that doesn't mean that those aren't in line for me. I can save myself right. the, the disappointment, the anger, the frustration, the sadness, you know, I, I, and that was really a thing, what I would say, and here's what I would say to somebody that, you know, if you're thinking about it, because I was there, I've been in that spot where I was like, man, am I, am I have an issue with alcohol? Like, maybe not. You know, I'm still making the Dean's list. Like, how the hell can I be an alcoholic if I'm like performing, right? Or people are, you know, like, oh, well, I'm a, you know, I'm a, uh, you know, functioning alcoholic or, you know, oh, I only use, you know, drugs whenever, blah, blah, blah. And, and here's my thing. I'm not anti-alcohol. I'm not. I, I go out. I have a lot of friends that drink. I'm not anti-alcohol. I'm not even anti-drug, really. Like, I'm, it's, it's one of those things where it's, it's unique for each individual. And you have to look at it and say, does this activity, is this helping me be the best version of me? Mm -hmm. And is this making me the most happy? Does this thing that I'm doing serve me? Does it serve me? Brilliant. And it's like, and that's really what it came down to was like, you know, if, if you're, so, you know, to talking to someone out there who might be thinking about like, oh man, am I, am I smoking too much weed or am I drinking too much or whatever, like, it's when it's negatively impacting your life, when it is robbing you of your peace, when it's robbing you of your your ambitions, of your happiness, of your fulfillment, of your, if you feel like it's getting in the way of you being the person that you really deep down in your heart feel that you are meant to be, then it's it's worth, it's worth having a conversation about. I'm not gonna, I, I would never, I would never tell someone they're an alcoholic. I would never tell someone that they have a problem. I wouldn't. It's it's a unique situation because I know damn well when I was in the middle of it, like no one could tell me shit. Right. So, so I think you know for someone that's out there, like you just got to look. You know, does this, does what, what I'm doing, does this hurt me? Wait, hang on. Hang on. I think that one one second, Philip. It was it was it was glitching out. Maybe let's take a second and think. How do we? We talk with somebody else and figure something else out. It was and just be willing to have a conversation. Hold, you know, one second. I'm so sorry. Can you repeat that last bit? Skype just kind of glitched, and it was a, it was a good, it was a nugget. And and you said, does this serve me? And then it kind of like glitched. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I don't know how much you lost. About ten uh, seconds, five seconds. Okay. Yeah. Five seconds. Yeah. yeah. It's it's really just taking that moment and asking, is what I'm doing? Does this serve me? Does this serve? my you know my purpose or you know deep in my heart do i feel like i'm living up to like am i being the best version of me right mm -hmm. like am i showing up in my life the way that i want to am i am i is it does it enhance my life or does it take away from my life and i think that that's really where it's at you don't need to put your car into a wall to know that it's bad mm -hmm. you know don't you don't and you know here's the thing man i've heard statistics on it and like you know what and i don't know the exact statistic but I mean, there's some. There's a pretty high percentage of people that are are prison that committed committed crimes while they were under the influence of a drug or, an al or alcohol. Like wow. the, what I can say is, at least for my own for my own life, when I look at the times that 
it got really bad, right? Like when I look at the times that I made really big mistakes, the DUI, um, you know, the, the crashing the car, the getting, you know, getting arrested, some of these different things, when I really look at those, and then I, I look at what my intention was at the beginning of the night, it was never to go out and get so drunk I'm getting a DUI tonight. Right, like I, right. it was never my right. intention. That's a good you know? point. So it was one of those things where I started to, you know, you play the tape back and you start to look at like, okay, so are my intentions for going into the night ending up being completely different than what happens? Huh. Right, like, oh, am I going into the night wanting to have one drink with with my buddies? Does it end nine hours later with me passed out drunk and, and peeing in the corner at my house? Right. Or waking up in the backyard. Or does it, you know, is it me waking up in the backyard face down because I couldn't figure out how to get the, the key in the door? Right. Is it, is it, am I waking up, uh, you know, am I waking up and my dad's standing over me asking me why the flagpole got ripped out of the ground and javelin tossed down the street last night? You know what? <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. It, yeah. So it's, I, I think that's what it would be. Like in, you don't, you don't have to let it get there. And mm. like, that's what my thing would be to someone that is really curious about it. You know, I, I, I encourage you just to have a moment, to, to have an honest moment, to have an honest conversation with someone else that you care about, that you love, and, and just tell them what you're going through. You know, really just talk about what's happening. And maybe the issue's not drinking. Right. Nor, my, I looked at my thing. My, my, issue, my alcohol consumption was a symptom of the emotional wreckage wow. that I was feeling. And so it was like, for me, I feel grateful I really feel grateful that my issues were with alcohol because it was so obvious that I was bang like with all of these things, like I was banging my head against the wall like an idiot. Mm. And so it, it made it very obvious. My friends knew it. My family knew it. I started to finally know it. Like it was very obvious. And I think that there's, and which is, I'm glad, like I always think that it would be so difficult to have other types of addictions right. where they're either encouraged, right? Like being a workaholic or, right. or, you know, like what, it's okay to work hard, but is there something under, is there some underlying emotion Interesting. that's feeling right. that, you know? Right, right. And so that's really what I would just say is it, it comes to, it all, I think a lot of it comes from communication mm -hmm. is putting yourself in an environment where you can honestly say, Hey, guess what guys? I don't have every, I don't have all the answers. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm really confused. I'm really lost. Is anyone here can anyone relate? And if you're honest, if you're transparent, like all the hands go up because we all have been there. We all feel that. Absolutely. Um, so I would say just finding, you know, just, just, you know, I, I encourage you, you can hit me up if, if you don't have someone like I'm putting on their blast right now. Yeah. If you are hearing this and that resonates with you and you honestly don't have somebody in your life that you feel safe or that you feel you can express that with Philip Andrew LA at gmail.com. It's two L's. I'm sure there's going to be a link somewhere like philipandrewla at google.com. Shoot me an email. I, I'd love to hear from you and talk to you. And, uh, in, you know, that, that's, that's part of the program is always being there for somebody else. And it's, I think it's one of the most important things. That's awesome. We're, we're not, meant to, we're not meant to do this thing on our own, man. Like this whole thing called life, right. we're meant to do it with each other and, and we're meant to, you know, we're meant to enjoy life and thrive and be happy and be fun. And like, in Here's the one thing I'll say. If you guys are listening to this and you know what, you can tell I, can, I talk a lot. And, and if you're feeling like, oh man, you know, good for him, right? That he's, you know, energetic and has positivity. I wasn't always this guy. Mm. I wasn't always this guy. I put a lot of work into becoming this guy because it's, it's, I've done a lot of work to get rid of 
the chains and the and the things that were weighing me down. Right. So now I, you know, I never say like I, you know, people, you know, you'll hear people talk about like, oh, that guy he thinks he's better than somebody. Not me, but you'll just hear that like, oh, that person thinks they're better than somebody or whatever. It's like. I don't think I'm better than anybody. I do think that I've gotten really good at living a happy life. Yeah, there you go. That's a hey, yeah. amen to that, brother. That's that's awesome. Well, Philip, thank you so much for sharing that. This is really nice for people to hear. Uh, you know, just just yeah, because you're absolutely right. Everybody's going through something, and and just to put it out there and and to be a success story and and to show that you can be vulnerable and tell tell your 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 dark secrets and and lift other people up with them i think that's such an admirable thing so thank you for sharing that and so so you you've gone so you hit the low you rebounded in into far greater heights than you could have otherwise is from what i'm hearing and totally. and and now you're and now you're out here and so okay so do you have do you have sort of a well, i know this is this is a pretty vague open-ended question but do you have sort of a an overarching life philosophy or 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 that, let me let me phrase it like this. Uh, I don't know when. I don't. When's your birthday? When's your birthday? I am January tenth. I'm a Capricorn. Okay, nice. So so happy belated birthday. And well, thank you. Thank and you. you're welcome. So so um so in my family, what we have with birthdays is you you're asked to share birthday wisdom, a nugget, a tidbit from your vantage point on the road of life. What would your birthday wisdom be to the show, to the audience? Whoa, that's so hard to like pick one I, I thing know, that I know, I, it's, I know. It's, you know, it, what, one thing that, you know, in, in a way at times has kind of become, uh, and I'll answer this in two ways, but like one of the things that has kind of become a little bit of almost like, I said it once and it really just resonated with me and I was like, whoa, I love this, I'm, keep, I'm keeping it. And it's like, you know, I think so often we're, we are really concerned about how we look to other people and, you know, our appearances and do we fit in? Are we good enough? Are we worthy of things? And, and what I really started to understand as I met with other people and, and started to learn things, it was like, man, I never, I never need to worry about my reputation when I take ownership over my character. And it's like, if I, if I'm, you know, and I look at that, you know, that idea of like, you know, here you hear integrity being this thing of, uh, you know, uh, you know, behaving as if everyone was noticing or you're doing the good thing when no one is paying attention or whatever. Right. But I started to look at it as like, you know, if I, if I take ownership of my character, if I show up for other people and if I act in a way that if everyone in the world knew I could be proud of that and I, and I make these decisions on who I want to be, I don't need to worry about my reputation. You know, I don't have to worry about whether or not you're going to like me. Uh, you know, it, are you going to judge me because my story about alcohol Am I, is my vulnerability off-putting to some people? No, like I'm being the person that I think that I need to be and that I want to be. And I'm, I focus on my character, trying to be a guy that does things the right way. And so that's really important to me is like I put my character first and I don't care about care about my reputation. Um, that's awesome. And, and, you know, the one thing, and I'll share this just because, you know, I'm a big fan of mission statements. I think that mission statements are really um, – are really awesome and important. And I think, you know, any great, any company has a mission statement. Right, and the right. idea behind yeah. it is at any moment, at any moment in our lives, or say for a business, at any moment in this business, we might switch CEOs, we might have a new, co you know, new, co we might merge with someone else, 
we might do, you know, the economy might change, whatever. But our mission statement is there to guide us, right? To keep us on path when we have two choices, three choices, five choices, and we don't know which choice to say. We go, well, what was our mission when we started this thing? Who are who? Did, who have we said we are as a company? And you read your mission statement, and a good mission statement will point to the way that you're supposed to be rolling. So, I designed one for myself, and I have it on my wall. Right. So I'm going to read it to you. Yes, please. And, and so it is. Uh, I got to kind of angle myself here, sure. which they can't see, but whatever. Right. So it's with unapologetic positivity and immense gratitude, I pledge to be actively present in a continuous state of happiness and serenity. By sharing love and radiating joy to all people, I demand to be forever in a constant pursuit of an extraordinary life with a knowledge or for, with a thirst for knowledge and wisdom in acceptance of struggle, hardship, and failure as well as a dedication to inspire, motivate, and empower others to reach their best selves. Through a strong connection and relationship with the God of my understanding, I will be a man of action and demand consistent progress through this beautiful and blessed life. Hey, yes. Thank you. This is awesome. This is awesome. Right? Philip, I gotta and, tell you, I gotta tell you, before we started the interview, I had a long day, I went to the gym, I came home, Definitely looking forward to talking with you, but I was dragging a little bit. Now I'm all pumped up, man. This is, this is good. <laughs> this, I love doing interviews like this. I get like my own personal like you know motivation. You know, I'm, uh, I'm bands by my radio show, and you know, I get a personal concert. This is, this is the best, man. This is oh, awesome. dude. I, it, and dude, I appreciate you. You know, because you're creating an environment for not only for you to be able to talk with people and for you to learn from others and for you to be able to give your wisdom to others, but you're you're offering. You're providing a community for people to come in and to listen and to just be able to share. And I think it's it's so great. And I have, you know, I say, you know, I have a lot of respect for for you and, and who you are. And I I think I, I just greatly appreciate all of the stuff that you're doing. Oh, well, um, thank you, sir. Yeah, and I think it's I I think that there's so much there's so much great in this world. Yeah, honest. There's so much. There's so many amazing people that want to love and care and take care of and be supportive of and show up in a big way for other people. And you never hear about it. Right. You know, and, right. It, and we, and we focus, you know, our brains, our brains are designed towards the negative, mm -hmm. you know, like the neuroscience has found that our brains, we want to fix problems. We want to, you know, we want to find what's wrong with things and it's naturally what happens and it's what people pay attention to. But if you can start to shift, and you start to look at life and instead of finding all the problems, but you start looking at the opportunities, instead of seeing all the bad, you start focusing on all the good. Instead of seeing the one jerk in line, you focus on the other 35 in line that are good people that are just having a nice day. You know, right, you start right. to shift the way, you know, it's difficult in the beginning because it's a different way of life. But when you start to really focus and do things, you know, right. I, I get up every morning, I get up every single morning, I make the bed, I get down on one knee and I read my mission statement every day. This and it's good. like, and it just sets me, it's like, I know in, in one of the biggest things that it helps me is like, you know, the line of like an acceptance of struggle, hardship and failure. Right. Like, That's I important. really don't, I lived so much of my life being terrified mm -hmm. of not being perfect and being terrified of not doing it right the first time and of not getting the great right grade or missing the tackle or, or not saying the right thing and then the girl shut me down or any of these things, then it was like now I'm in a spot where I'm like, you know what? If I just accept that my life 
there's going to be failure and there's going to be struggle and there's going to be hardship because that's life and that's the yin to the yang. If there's going to be the good, there's going to have to be the bad at sometimes. When I just automatically every single day wake up and say, hey, I know that's happening. I know that's going to come at some point. Like now I'm not running around being fearful of it. Right. right? right like I'm not, right, I'm not terrified. I'm not lurking around every corner wondering when it's going to happen. Right. So well, probably I, now, probably now. Right. Yeah. But I know that like, if I know that, oh yeah, it's going to happen. Like there's going to be a day when I'm working on a show and everything's going well and, and then it gets, it gets canceled right. or, or there's going to be a moment when like, you know, a, a loved one, you know, gets sick right. and, and we lose someone or right. something as small as like, I'm going to get a nail in my tire and have a flat when I'm on my way going some like all of these things. It's not a problem until you decide in your head that you're going to focus on it and make it a problem. Right. You know, it's like, cause the truth is this whole thing. I mean, it's a gift, man. Like I didn't do anything to earn being born. Right. It just, it just happened. Yeah. I just showed up, yeah. you know, like I, last night I woke up or I woke up this mm -hmm. morning and I didn't have to think about like how my heart was going to be right. throughout the night. I didn't have to think about, oh man, I hope, you know, like, are my lungs going to keep going? No, like it, there's so many amazing things in life to be grateful for. Yeah. And, and that's a big, you know, a big thing that I always work with some of my clients on is like, anytime you start complaining, anytime you want to be negative or you want to, you want to complain about anything immediately try, how, how, how do you find gratitude in what that is? Man, my my stomach hurts, dude. Like I shouldn't have ate that burrito last night. Like I'm, oh, I gotta run to the bathroom. Like, do you have a bathroom to run to? Right. Amen. You, you know? That. Yeah. Did, did you have you got food in your stomach? Right. Like, do you you know like there's in in most things you can try to find some sort whether you want to call it the silver lining or what like there are a lot of the times you know I I heard this quote that I love and it's you know all suffering is an obsession with the self. And it's like, you know, we're obsessed with ourselves. So we right. think that we deserve this. We expect everything to work a certain way. And if it doesn't, then it means it's failing. And wait, does that mean we're failing? Oh my God, my life is in shambles. Right? We can go down these rabbit holes and these spirals really quickly. Definitely. And it's like, no, man, like find something to be grateful for. Man, it sucks that I got this nail in my tire. Pretty, pretty happy that I had a car. Right. Pretty happy that I had the ability to like get in a, you know, you know, that I had the ability to like go get a new tire. Or, you know, people complain about luxuries. Like, man, I can't believe travel is so expensive. Like, do you realize, like, or, you know, I got I to gotta buy a plane ticket to go see my family. It's like, do you realize that 100 years ago, no one had access, like, I don't know the exact date. I, I'm not the right brother. But, but like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? It's like that, like, yeah. two, 300 years ago, like, you could not wake up in L.A. and then tomorrow wake up in China. Like, ne you were never able to do that, ever. Right. Like, we are in such an exciting moment no in the history kidding. of the world with what we are able to do in, in to, to flat, to bitch about that because it's an $1,100 ticket. Like there wasn't even a possibility <laughs> right, yeah. for, for people for thousands, not, not last week, right. thousands and thousands and thousands of years, right. people have not been able to do the things that We've put people on the moon. Right. It is insane the stuff that we have access to. And it's like when you start to view life that way, damn, it's awesome. Man, it's well, awesome. Well, this well, well, this this leads me right into my next question. Is it 
I saw on your website that you're, and I love, I love the phrasing of this, is that you're excited by unrealistic, I wrote it down, no, word for word, correct me if I'm wrong here, excited yeah. by, so this was like, you know, the bullet point of who is Philip, sure. right, you know, and it says excited by unrealistic and terrifyingly massive goals. That is a great thing to be excited about. What are some of the ones that have, that have excited you before? What, what are some of the well, other things? Uh, just, I paid just, some guy on Fiverr. I paid a guy on Fiverr to write that, so I don't know where that came from. No, like, <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Well, no, well, so actually, you know, you know, I should re- I should rephrase the question. I know I know you're you're winding up like like so 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 so. Just talk more about that concept, what it means to you, uh, some of the things you've helped your clients with, some of the the successes you've seen. So what uh, um, some of the things you're working on. Just I, I just love that line, and I'm just wondering, you know, what some of your further thoughts on that, really. No, yeah, and, and I appreciate you bringing that up. You know, I, I remember one time hearing somebody with the example of if you make $50,000 a year and you want to make sixty, right? right? Say you want to make an extra ten k a year, right? Like it's a whatever, not 20% increase. I don't know. I'm not a mathematician, but yeah, so yeah, to take yourself yeah. from 50, to take yourself from 50 to 60, okay, it's probably going to take some work, right? right? So – so you start coming up with it and you start putting in the work and you start really like doing it and, um, you know, you're working on it and, and, you know, you hit a little bit of resistance because that's life. It's not all going to be right. super easy and, and it gets tough. And then, you know, it's like, uh, it's only 10 K like whatever. Like, right. all right. Right. But the truth is a lot of times the same amount of work that it's going to take to make an extra 10 K is the same. It would have taken to make an extra 60 you know, and it's, it's, you, it's the same process in a lot of ways. It's really stepping up and aiming high. But the problem is if you're aiming at 60, right? If you're aiming at, I want to, you know, I want to make an extra 60 K than where I'm at now, when things get tough, you're able to push through because the goal is something that is worth going at, right? right? Like it makes you feel like, you know what, this does suck right now, but I believe in where I'm going and I see it for myself and I see that it's big and I see that it is worth it. I see that it is big enough that it's worth it. For me to go, I have to know that I'm going through this this difficult moment, this hardship. I'm, I'm going through it for a reason and the payoff is gonna be big. Right. So I'm willing to do it. And I think that, and like I said, sometimes it's not that much difference of work. Like, and sure, I'm sure someone's going to hear that and they're going to argue with me on it. But the truth yeah. is sometimes it's just getting in that mindset. It's like, you know, how many times have you ever gone to the gym when you didn't want? And once you got there, you were fine. I was you had a, a great, about to say it. the gym. Yeah, right. It's like, you nope. might as well pick up the big weights. If you're yeah, up once the you're ones. there, yeah. you're there, right? right? But it's that, get your ass out of bed. It's the, oh, I got to put on these shoes. It's going to be cold. Right. Then I got to start the car. Oh, the snow is out. It, there's all these, because you're right. not, because that one workout isn't now. I loved this. Somebody said, you know, it was someone was talking about like, well, what when you you know you procrastinate or whatever. It's like, you know, I can't find the motivation. Blah blah. You know, I can't wake up early. That's a big one. I hear a lot of people say it because I wake up at like five fifteen every day, and people are like, man, why do you wake up so early? I, I couldn't do that, and that's not even that early. But it's one of those things where, you know, if I told you, hey man, uh, you know, Josh, if you if you meet me. Five miles down the road from where you live. If you will, you meet me there tomorrow at 3 a.m. and I'm gonna give you six million dollars. Would you be there? 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. At least I'd be there. Right, yeah. yeah. Everyone would be, you know, it would be pe- your neighbors, people that heard the podcast would be going over there, don't right. even know what they, right? You, because, because you found, like, the reason to act is there, right? Like, you, right. you would think that the, the, the goal is so big, it makes sense, and you're like, oh, well, okay. Like, yeah. you wouldn't even question that. Right. You would never say, like, oh, well, I, oh, I mean, I'd like to have five million, but, like, if I've got to get up at 3 a.m., then, I mean, I don't really want, right? Like, yeah, can you would never say 4 a.m.? <laughs> Right? Like you would never, you would never say that. Right. So it's like one of those things that it, that, that goal needs to be something that is exciting. It's got to excite you. It needs to be something that you want. If it's, and that's why I think a lot of people fail when it's a goal they're doing for a different reason. Mm. I'll see it a lot of times, you know, like obviously out here in Los Angeles, and I've talked about this before on other podcasts, but like this idea that, you know, a lot of people for acting, right? They don't, it's not that they even want to be an actor because they love acting. They want to be an actor because they love Brad Pitt and they wish that people thought about them the way that they felt about Brad Pitt. Oh, right. Like right. they want that admiration. They, it's, it's not about the process. They only focus on the end goal. Ah, uh, okay. Right. And it's like, so, but when that's all that it is like, and that's all that's fueling you. It's easy for like when the when the hardship comes to be like ah uh, okay whatever blah because you don't really love the process you know right. you gotta love you gotta love the process of things mm, right and right, so right. I always say like when you really find something that you know when you find something that you really love and you know that you're passionate about you know have the have the guts to really make a goal that is big and terrifying. And, and it seems so scary, you know, and then just start understanding that it all, whether you're going, whether you're trying to make another 10 K, another hundred K or another 250 K, it all starts with picking us, picking a goal, picking a real goal, not saying I want to be successful. What does success mean? Define it. What does that mean? Does that mean an extra five K? Does it mean an extra 150 K? What is success? Does it mean just being happy? Okay, what does that mean? How many days a week are you happy? Like, really get into the details of explaining what it is so you know what you're heading towards. And then you start working your way backwards. And you say, okay, so look, I actually don't know. You know, I don't have, I don't have, I don't make $500,000 a year. I don't. I don't know how to really do it. But I can say, I don't know, I don't need to know how to make 500K today. All I need to know is like, how do I start moving in the right way? Like what's the next thing? Okay, right. maybe the next right. thing is, maybe I maybe I find someone that makes 500K. Yeah. Can I talk to them, see what they're, how, how did they do it? Maybe I study people that, that are in that bracket, right? right? If I wanna be an actor and I don't know how to start acting, maybe, maybe I call an acting coach. Maybe I hit somebody up on Twitter. Maybe I start reading some articles. Like there's, there are, we have so many, you know, we have, and that's the thing I do with coaching, right? Like when I coach people, I always, we talk about opportunities, possibilities, and resources. And it's like, what are the opportunities you currently have? What are some of the new possibilities you can have? And what resources are in, like, do you have right now that you are not utilizing? Because we all have people in our networks. We all have skills. We all have talents. We all have a lot of a lot of things around us, and it's a lot of times we just don't, you know, we, we focus on the stuff we don't have. Well, I didn't come from this type of a family. I don't know somebody that did that. 
I don't have somebody in my personal life that has done that. I don't know, I don't know the first thing about that. I didn't go to a school that provided that. I'm, there's all these excuses that you can come up with or you can start saying, what do I have to work with? What are the cards that I hand? How do I play these cards the best damn way possible? Right. And then you go for it. This is. I feel like I have like six messages in there that this, all kind of blended no, into this one. Is, but whatever. This, this hey, is great. Yeah. No. This is great. Well. Well. I guess that would be no. And that's a perfect segue into into the the wrap up question that I would say is is what advice would you give people listening who want to who want to metaphorically or literally get up at five in the morning with a big terrifying goal? What would you say? What starting right now? What What's the first step? Man, there's a lot of good ones I could think of. You know what I would say? It doesn't have to be one. You could do several. What are several yeah, one possible? Thing, so I, I find someone, find somebody and encourage them tomorrow. Any way possible. Whether it's a stranger, whether it's a family member, whether it's a friend. Show genuine care for other people. Show genuine care for their well-being, for their interests, for what they're trying to do. Give them an, an outlet for them to be able to share. Do something that isn't centered around you. Do it and, and see what happens when you, when you connect with people. I think that human I think other people in our lives are the greatest resource and also the most underutilized resource in our lives. There are so many people that I know so many people that have this feeling inside like, man, I want to do, I want to help others. I want to be supportive. I just don't know how to do it. How do I do it? And it's like, you kind of just start, mm. tell some, you know, just Send someone, a t if you have you know, anxieties, right? Say maybe you're like, hey, I don't talk well to people. Awesome. Shoot someone a text. Mm. Tell them you were thinking, hey, I was thinking about you, and I don't know what's going on, man, but I just wanted to let you know, you know about this one time when you made me feel this a certain type of good way. Or, hey, I don't know what your day is going on, man, I hope you have a great rest of the day. Small things like that. Be the type of person that encourages others and, and start to see what it does for you, you know, because – you know, my, my initial, my initial step, right. That I want to say, and I've said it before in the past. So it is this thing of writing things down, really, really getting clear about what goals that you want. But one thing that I'll say that I learned and I really loved this is we're in a society that so often we get focused on, um, what do we have to do, right? Like what's the next action, like action, action, action. Right, what do right. I have to do? Yeah. You know, and it, and it's this normal thing of like, what do I have to do so that I can have something so I can be something? So it's like, you know, what is the action I have to do so that I can, you know, have money so that I can be a success right. or, you know, this idea of we're chasing. Right. Right. And it's like, but instead of putting the action always first, because here's the thing, you, you could take a guy, I could. You know, I could come over to your house. It could be your birthday, right? We talked about birthdays earlier. And I could walk up and I can have a, I could have a brand new wallet to give you. And I could go, hey, Josh, what's going on, man? Dude, happy birthday, brother. Here's a wallet. And then I could walk up and be like, yeah, bro, happy, happy birthday. And hand you a wallet, right? Right. They're looking at the same action, 100% the same action. 
but it's going to have a different outcome yeah, because of the right. way that I showed up, the way that I chose to be. Right. So instead of thinking about what do I have to do so that I can have something, so I can be something, mm. focus on who you have to be, uh, right? Nice. Make the decision that, you know what, I want to be, I want to be a happy, friendly, uh, positive person. I want to be a hardworking, ambitious, what I, I want to be a work, make a decision on who you want to be and then let that fuel the action. And then you'll have things that have still have, have been out of that place. They've come out of an, an area of like, man, I really thought about who do I want to be? What do I want people to think about? Like, how do they, how do I want other people to feel? And then, then my actions were so much more powerful because they're coming from a more powerful per like a more powerful way. Like I think about well, how does how does Phil show up right now? Right. What does the most powerful, fun, energetic Phil look like right now? How would he act? And then I'd be that guy, and then that fuels my actions in a way that is so much more powerfully than it's been like, all right, what's on the to-do list? Right. What do I need to do? Man. Philip, this is this is awesome. Thank you so much for coming by. We're gonna have to get you by again because we haven't even begun to discuss <laughs> guitar Dude, or I DJ really, or anything. Yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna have you back. We're gonna have another episode and uh, Dude, DJ, DJing guitars. Like you know, I didn't even get a chance to hear your strip club DJ voice yet. Okay. You know? <laughs> that's, that's right. That's right. Well. That's uh th yes. There's many more episodes, many more episodes to follow. So, uh, so hey, man, thank you so much for coming by. Uh, great to have your energy. And you know, one thing I would really compliment you on uh, as a fellow energetic, positive person. I think a lot of people take for granted our energy, and they think we just show up like this. But like you're saying, you know, yeah. hand in the wallet. It's like it takes a lot of work. And I recognize the work it's that work, you've done. Man. Yeah. yeah, and I, I appreciate that the gift that you give to the world with that. So thank you for that. So. Dude, and, and like I mentioned earlier, man, I, I greatly appreciate the opportunity to, you know, to come on and, and talk with you and, and, and maybe provide a little something for your listeners. And, and, and honestly, man, just and thank you. You know, I, I appreciate you, you know, the, the, the opportunity that, you know, we got a chance to meet and, and we had a blast on the first phone call. So I know this is going to be something where we'll, we'll keep coming back and we'll keep talking and. And uh, just thank you so much, Josh. I know it's it's late there on your end, man. So I really hey, appreciate I'm it. I'm all motivated, and, uh, man. I, it's, it's, it, this is better than coffee. So, uh, <laughs> so. <laughs> well, hey, man. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And thank you to all the listeners. You guys have a good one. And uh, yeah, just do something good tomorrow, man. Sorry. Encourage somebody tomorrow. You've been listening to The Signal Man Show. I'm your host, Josh Urban, and we're broadcasting every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on SoundCloud, iTunes, and everywhere fine podcasts are found. I hope you've enjoyed this as much as I have. And hey, during season two, try to get more people involved with this. So drop me a line at joshjoshurban.com or tweet at me at don'tjoshme. You can have a, a story, a question, a hello, a shout out to Aunt Margaret, or a good deed that you saw or that you did. doesn't matter. It's so nice that you're here, so keep it fresh, keep it funky, keep it real, and I will catch you on the flip side. See you next time.